Thank you very much. Okay, let's pray, shall we? Father God, I want to thank you for your word to us today. I want to thank you for those that have shared with us from the team, uh, Randall and the team, Lord God, who, who led us in worship and uh, ministry, for Stephen leading us in prayer and Roy's story. Uh, Father, for the church news and all the different things that are happening, we lay all that before you and ask that you would certainly be in and through that. But Lord, we just ask that you would open our eyes and ears right now to what you would have to say to us from this passage of your word from the book of Luke. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you still have your Bibles there, please keep them open because we're just going to actually sit on this passage. Um, and we're not going to go anywhere as far as I'm aware of at this moment in time uh, other than this passage. So uh, it would be great for you just to hold on to it. All right. Um, what we have before us is, is an, quite an incredible story. And uh, I, I want us to try and, and, and do what this is about. Does that make sense? Um, for those of you who just panicked and went, I'm not going fishing right now. No, no, we're not going to go fishing, but we're just going to try and enact it, okay? Um, to enact it, I, I need a, uh, a volunteer. Thank you, Richie. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate that. <laughs> yes. Um, Richie, on that table over there, there's uh, some packs of cards, Okay. Now, what I'd like you to do, I know you've had a busy week and, and you've had lots of happening and uh, it looks like you've had a nice haircut, so well done. Um, uh, also, um, those cards there, what I'd like you to do while I'm speaking is to make a house of cards. Excellent. Excellent? Yeah. All right, so, so while I'm preaching, you're going to be working. And from that reaction, I'm thinking this may be a challenge for you. Ah, there you go. This was, all those years I worked with you and I never was able to get a challenge because you were always, always up to here on things. It was good. All right, so if you can just go ahead and do that and um, just where you are at that table. Yeah, you can sit, you pull the, the table in. Yeah, make yourself comfortable. Yep, and away you go. All right, but you still need to listen because... Okay. I know, I know. This is part of the challenge that stands before us today. All right. Now, um, the other one is, is um, this is really cool because we've got people in the front row here, in the second row. We've got people in the second row here. It, it would be really good because in this story, we had the front row was full. So if we could have some people get up and come and sit in the front row just, just to enact the story. That's all I'm saying is to enact the story. Oh, thanks, Rosie. A couple others jump in the front row. Yep. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Angela. All right, come on, Rosie's by herself. Come on, make her feel at home. All right, thanks, Brendan. Okay, here we go. So this is what happens. One day... Sorry. All right. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of... And I'm glad you stumbled at that word because um, it's, it's one of those words and both Brendan and Nat said it beautifully the other day when we read through it. But you can also put in there Sea of Galilee or Sea of Tiberias, because uh, it's the same place. You know, it's exactly the same place. So we can do that. Okay, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. So crowding around, the people were crowding around Jesus. 
They wanted to hear. There we go. So they were crowding in around Jesus. Now, Jesus had no issues with microphones. He was standing there, and they kept coming and coming and coming. So the people were hearing the word of God. And he saw that they were crowding in. He saw that they kept coming down the hill towards him. They were so keen to hear the word of God. Wouldn't that be great that we had churches all across the sunny coast where the churches were full because people wanted to hear the word of God again. They wanted to hear it preached with authority and power like Jesus. And he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. So what were the fishermen doing while Jesus is preaching? They were washing their nets. That's a bit untoward, isn't it? Jesus is preaching. People are coming down to hear the word of God and they couldn't be bothered, stop doing what they were doing. They just kept washing their nets and maybe listening at the same time. Washing their nets like making a house of cards. How are you going there, Richie? Not real well. well. You think I shouldn't have polished the table? (laughs) Stable table. (laughs) So here they are cleaning their nets while they're listening to the word of God. But Jesus saw them, kept coming closer and closer. So he got into one of the boats, the one that belonged to Simon, and he asked Simon to push it out a little bit. So the people kept coming down the beach towards him to hear what he had to say. And then he sat down and he finished what he needed to say. And he taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he turned to Simon, who's one of the fishermen. We later get to know Simon as Peter. But Simon is one of the fishermen. Now, he's a professional fisherman. He knows fishing. Now, I'm going to just walk in front for a sec. He knows fishing, but I tell you what, he wouldn't know how to use this thing. This is a fishing rod. has a reel, has a uh, little plastic lure on the top with a hook. Exactly. But he wouldn't know how to use that because as a professional fisherman, guess what he used? Nets. Because what he did wasn't to go fishing for leisure to catch one fish, three fish, five fish. It was to catch hundreds of fish to make money and to feed the village. I remember very vividly my first time in Malawi with Tim Downs, who's a great, great missionary. He was speaking to a lot of the, the Yao, and he had a stick, not even as something as fancy as that, but a stick with a line on it, and he'd cut out a shape of a fish on it, and he put it on the end of the line, and he was trying to show the guys that Jesus was going to send them out as fisher of men. And they're all looking at him, nodding, mm, yeah, yeah, Baba, yeah, good, good message, yeah, Baba, yeah, good work. And then it was down the, the, the track when, when Tim learnt a little bit more of the yow that he found out that that's not what they were saying at all. They were saying, why would a white fella go fishing and catch just one fish? when you can catch lots of fish with a net. Why would he use a stick? Is he hitting the fish with the stick? What's he doing with the stick? They didn't get the message. Now, I'm telling you right now, I know fishing. I don't know how to use a net, but I know fishing. Let me show you some pictures of me and fishing. 
There we go. That one over there, that's a 89 centimetre barra caught up in Melville Island just off Darwin. You know why I know it's 89 centimetres? Because I just made a deal five minutes before I caught that with the skipper of the boat that he said that the barra, when they got 90 centimetres, I don't know how the, the barra know this, but when they get to 90 centimetres, they change from being males to females and they become breeders. And he said if he catches a barra over 90, he releases it. So I just made a deal with him that if I catch a barra over 90, I would release it. We pulled that one in. We're measuring it. 89. <laughs> he stayed. <laughs> and we ate him. <laughs> this one, uh, the other one was a jewfish. These are some more barra. That's a jewfish, just a little one. The other ones are some tailor, some more barra. That's a big barra. Another barra. Big tailor. That's a stonker of a tailor. Almost five pounds in one fish. Ah, uh, that's a jewfish. That's a big one. So there you go. I know fishing. Don't I, Neil? Neil knows fishing. So here's Jesus, a carpenter, talking to the fishermen. And he says to the fishermen, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. At least he got the nets part right. He wasn't saying, get a stick and catch one fish. He was saying, put the nets down. And what does Peter say or Simon say to him? He says, master. Now, the book of Luke uses this word master, and it's, it's attuned to the book of Luke. And it means just that, master, boss, the one in charge, he who must be obeyed. So when he says master, he's, he's saying it right. And he says, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. So he's just explaining to Jesus. Say, Jesus, um, we know fishing. We know how to catch fish. This is our business. You see, all of us here, we've got two boats. We, we caught enough fish that we bought a boat. And we're the skippers of these boats. And we've been out all night, night fishing. How many people like night fishing? Ooh, not many. Okay, I like night fishing. Night fishing's a bit of fun especially when you have the, the light on your head and you walk into the waves and you're not sure what's coming at you until it hits you. These guys went night fishing. You know why they went night fishing and not during the day? That's when the fish come to the surface. Thank you very much, Fonny. Now, the fish that they were looking for were a fish called tilapia. Now, I've never caught a tilapia, not that I'm aware of. I might have caught it, but I didn't know what it was, so I've never caught tilapia. So they were looking for tilapia. And often at night time, they would have lights on the boat and the fish would come up to get it. They'd have the nets underneath them. They'd pull the nets up. There's all the fish. So they'd worked hard all night and hadn't caught anything, not a thing. So you can imagine what Peter and that are talking about, Simon and the others are talking about. But you could also imagine what Jesus could be thinking, could be thinking. I'm not saying he was thinking, but he could be thinking. So you guys know fishing, huh? You fished all night and you caught nothing. Well, how's that working for you? So why don't you listen to the carpenter for once and let's go out into the deep water during the day. Peter turns, Simon says, but because you say, I will let down the nets. The King James, for those who got the King James, on your word, on your word. 
because you said it, will obey. Now, if you go through the Bible, you'll find lots of sections where when God said and it was done, God spoke and the world came into being. All right? All the way through Genesis. God said it, it was done. God said it, it was done. On your word. So here we have Simon Peter saying, just like a good Jewish boy, on your word, Jesus, my master, because you're telling me something that is just inconceivable for me to go fishing in the deep water during the day, but because you said it, we'll give it a go. So he goes out. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that the nets began to break. How you going there, Richie? Apparently the table's not the problem. So you've come to another place. Okay. So there's slippery cards? Okay, well, there's another pack there. Let's you try, try another pack, mate. Okay. Too easy. So how, how do you like the story so far about the fishermen? What sort of fish were they trying to catch? Very, yeah, very good. Excellent. Good work. He is doing two things at once. There you go. He can't get away with that one anymore, Tom. <laughs> when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come out and help them. And when they came, they filled both boats so full that the boats began to sink. Now, what have we got happening here? Can you imagine what's happening here? Caught no fish. Jesus has taught all night, all day, sorry. They've fished all night. He taught all morning. He says to them, let's go catch some fish. They try this new thing. They go out in the boat. They put down the nets. They're doing what Jesus said. Where's Jesus? Where's Jesus in this time? He's in the boat with them. So not only did he tell them to go and do it, he went out with them. Maybe Jesus is grabbing the net as well and helping them. Maybe. Doesn't say. But he's in the boat with them. So when they start pulling on the net, there's so many fish that the nets start to break. They call out for help. They can't do it alone. We can't do it alone. They can't do it alone. They call out for help, and then they get the both boats there, and there's so many fish that they fill both boats, and what starts to happen to both boats? They start to sink. So this is a little bit of a dilemma. Have you ever been in a boat that starts to sink? Yes. A couple of people, yes. It's not a fun feeling. If you forget to put the bungs in your boat and you go out in the boat and it starts to fill up with water, it's not a, a, such a reassurance of what's going on. There's not meant to be water in the boat. The, boat's supposed, the water's supposed to stay out of the boat. And if it starts to sink, it's not helpful. So here's the scenario. Who told them to go fishing? Jesus. Jesus told them to go fishing. And then while they're fishing, their nets that they just spent all this time fixing and working on were starting to break. Hold on a sec, Jesus. You sent me out there to do this, and now my gear's breaking? My world's falling apart? I can't do it myself? What are you doing to me? 
So they call out for help, which is what we're meant to do. Call out for help when we're in trouble. They call for help, and then all of a sudden, not just one boat starts to sink, but both boats start to sink. They start to go down. I don't know about you, but there are times in my life when I've felt that I'm doing everything God has called me to do. I'm listening to the word of God. I'm stepping out in faith. And it's as if the nets are breaking. It's as if the boat is starting to sink. What's our response? Next verse says this. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell to his knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of the fish. These are professional fishermen that were astonished at the amount of fish that they caught. And then so James, John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners, they were all astonished. And then Jesus says this to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So in this whole scenario, Jesus is teaching them a massive lesson. They obviously got back to the shore. They obviously were okay. Jesus got them in the end. But there was some statements of faith being made. Simon Peter turns to Jesus and says, Go away from me, I'm a sinner. He called him master, but he was still at the same time dealing through his manness. And Jesus, son of Godness. It's one thing to be able to say, yes, master, what you say. It's another thing to take the step and go and do it. But the other thing is to keep pushing through, even though it starts to fall apart. Believing that God's word is God's word. Believing that God has called us to do what he's called us to do. Jesus says to them, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And I want to pray that for each and every one of us. Do not be afraid. Do not let a spirit of fear come upon us. For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Timothy. And as soon as they saw all this, what was their response? They pulled their boats up onto the shore. They left everything and went and followed him. The greatest catch they'd ever had. The astonishment, the marveling, the amazing time. They got up and left it and followed Jesus. Later on in the book of Acts, there's a guy called Philip who was in the midst of an amazing evangelistic outreach. And in the middle of people getting saved and miracles taking place, God grabs Philip and takes him out to a desert road to have a chat with an Ethiopian. In the midst of all this amazing thing, out to talk to one person. What is it that God has for you and for me? We as a church have been on a journey with mission and vision, and we've got some things coming up at the end of this month. We as a congregation have grabbed people together to talk, to think, to pray. We've had prayer meetings. We've met around the tables. We've discussed words to the nth degree. We've had smaller groups go away and look at all this, and we're presenting a new vision and mission. Is this what God's calling us to do? We're laying it before you at the end of this month.
as a church, to hear what God is saying to us, to hear God's word for us, to move us forward into what he's got. Now, in that boat, with Jesus with us, we're praying for an incredible harvest. We prayed it today. We're praying for the prodigals to come home. We're praying for the lost sheep to come home. We're praying that people will get to know the truth and the work of the Holy Spirit in each of our lives. In closing, as we go into a time of communion, I want you to think back to the very beginning of this passage. Jesus was talking to the people, right? A couple of guys to the side were doing work. How are you going with that, mate? A little bit better? There you go. Well done. These guys are working to the side. These people here are listening to the word of God. The end of the story, who does Jesus take with him? The guy to the side, the fisherman. None of the people at the front who pressed down the hill to hear the word of God got to go and do the work. I wonder what was going on there. Maybe Jesus knew these people were just the hearers and not the doers, the ones that heard but still did it. Those that persisted to get the job done. Those that were teachable and were prepared to leave everything and follow Jesus. Maybe Jesus knew the crowd he was talking to. Let's pray. Father God, I want to thank you for this story. What an amazing story. So many incredible truths in and way through it. And Father, for those of us that are struggling, maybe we're pulling the net in and we're seeing it all break and we're seeing all the hard work, a labor, everything that we've done and it's starting to fall apart. Then we look around us and we start to see that the weight of the fish is sinking the boat, our precious boat, all that hard work to pay for that boat. And yet, look, God, you're in the boat with us and we get to shore and you turn to us and say, follow me. Father, I want to right now again align myself to the call of God on my life. And I pray for all of us that we might be able to do that. Whatever the call of God has for you, may we realign ourselves with that call to be obedient to what you've called us to do. Obedient to what you've called us to do. Whatever that is, however that looks, may we do it. May we follow you, Lord Jesus. May we not just be hearers of the word, but doers, obedient, following through, allowing your Holy Spirit to speak and to guide in an incredible way. We will see amazing things done. It may mean that we have to get out of our comfort zones. It may mean that we have to actually get out of our seat and move to another seat. It may mean we need to do something that is so goes against the grain of what we know and understand or what we've done all our lives. But it's what you've called us to do. Give us strength and courage, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I've deliberately chosen to wait to the very end for us to do communion together for two reasons. One, I want us to, for those that haven't got them, there's... One's at the front and there's some at the back door still. One, I wanted to take the opportunity for us to say, yes, Lord, 
here am I. I want to follow you. Yes, Lord, here am I. I will leave the stuff behind and I'll follow you. Jesus went to the cross in complete obedience to the Father. He had the opportunity to to not do that, but he had the opportunity to do it. And I pray that we will take the opportunity to follow Jesus today. So let's uh, open these up. There's a clear cover on the top, which I just missed. And open the silver one. It's a little bit tricky. If you grab the the little round circle thing, wafer. Father God, I want to thank you that you love us, that you called us. I want to thank you, Lord Jesus, for your love for us so much to death on a cross, your obedience. And so, Father, we remember you and we say thank you. The cup. We remember the blood that Jesus shed, the blood that washes away all our sin. And before we started the message today, we had that beautiful song about coming into the Father's arms. So in an act, a physical act of drinking a cup, I want to pray that uh, God will continue to minister his Father's arms around you. An eternal hug, an outpouring of his love and his peace on your life as we drink together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your body and the blood that was shed. We thank you for the call that we can hear, and I pray that we will be hearing it again. It may be an old call, it may be a call fresh, it may be something new that you've got for us to do, to be a part of. But I pray, Lord God, we will be hearers of your word, but we'll also be doers of your word, no matter what happens around us whether the nets start to break, the boat starts to sink, we will follow you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like some prayer uh, during our last song, please feel free to come down the front. We'd love to pray with you and uh, maybe make something solid from what God's doing in your life today. Thank you, Randall and the team.